Good to see you guys. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing, New City Church? Man, was that not some beautiful music this morning? Awesome. Uh, First-time visitors, sometimes they're like, what the heck is going on? But it is, man, it's beautiful stuff, and I love that. Uh, I did, I did, I was joking with a first-timer this morning. I said, oh, hey, I'm going to announce you in service. She goes, don't you dare, I'll kill you. I, like, I'm just playing. We don't do that. We do not do that. We do want people to kind of come in, figure out what we're all about, that kind of thing. And, and guys, my name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors here at New City. If I didn't get a chance to meet you, please grab me after the service uh, and, and talk to me a little bit. Uh, let me get to know you some. So, Here's a couple of things. I, there, there are so many things I want to talk to you guys about today. It is, it is remarkable, the different things. So I'm going to try to do it justice. Uh, how much time have we got? I'll try to get you out of here by 2 o'clock. Is that cool? All right, cool. All right, I'll cut. Let me, hold on. Let me cut up. Let me scratch that out. <laughs> I have to leave that. But um, here's the first thing I want to talk to you guys about. If you guys do not know, and some of you have heard this term and some of you have not, uh, is a term called brown to green. And brown to green is our essentially our system of discipleship uh, that we use here at New City Church. The heartbeat of New City Church is discipleship, and not just discipleship that where people will get to know more about the Bible, but they'll know more of the Bible so that they can obey. Uh, the scriptures, uh, when Jesus said to go make disciples, he didn't say stick them into a Bible study. He said to go and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you to do. And so we have a system of helping people get to that point where they're actually obeying, not just knowing more about the Bible. See, uh, one of the things that I love to, to tell folks is that the devil knows the Bible through and through. Are we wanting to be more like him or Jesus, right? It's important to know. It's important to learn. It's important to understand. But it's important ultimately to do something with the scriptures that we learn, not just learn the scriptures, right? And so we're a Bible-thumping, Jesus-freak church who believes that the Bible is the complete inspired word of God, no doubt about it. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But brown to green is, uh, comes out of something, out of the psalm. It's Psalm 1, very first uh, few verses, three verses out of Psalm 1. And it says, uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in, its, in season. Yields its fruit in season. And whose leaf does not wither, who, whatever they do prospers. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But ultimately what it means is that we are, we are so nourished by the word of God. So nourished by God. So, uh, I mean, absolutely that, that our lives and our cities and our families Go from brown and withered to green. Like, that's our heartbeat. Amen. You guys with me this morning? That's our heartbeat. Like, we want to see people go from brown to green spiritually. See, the Bible is not just a guide for our lives. Did, did you guys know that? I, I, I don't know if you guys like, oh, I thought it was a guide. It is, but it's not just that, right? It's not just a love letter to us. I hear people say, oh, it's God's love letter to me. Well, it is, but it's a lot more than that. Like, the Bible is is God's word. It is inerrant, it is inspired, and it is complete. Can I get a hallelujah? Go hit me with Medea. I love it, man. The character of God is shown in his scriptures. And so let me go into why I believe that, why this is why this is true. Uh, for me personally, it was through a lot of study about right, man, so I didn't grow up in the church. I was in my mid-30s, probably about what was that would that be a lo- long time ago, I don't want to say. Um 
probably about 12, 12, 13, 14 years ago, I started looking at the scriptures going, oh, it's longer than that. Wow. Anyway, um, I'm doing the math in my head on the fly. It's hard, man. Um, but I was, doing the, I, was, I was going through this weird period where I was like, is the Bible actually true? Is, is, is Christianity or following Jesus actually a real thing that I should be doing? Or am I wasting my time? Is this not a real thing? And so what I did was I went through about a two-year study of the validity of the Scriptures. Some people call it an apologetic study. I didn't know what it was called. I just did it, right? So I wanted to find out whether or not, not, not that whether the Bible had been around or whether or not it had been translated correctly, which it has, by the way, um, all those kinds of things, because I did that through my studies. But I wanted to know if there's any evidence of God in them. So I went through, like, studied Islam, I studied his Hindu, not, not studied them for as far as following them, but to study them to find out, is there evidence of God in any of these things? Like, is there evidence of God in Hinduism? Is there evidence of God in Islam? Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, New Age, any of that stuff, right? And I found out there's absolutely no evidence of God's supernatural inspiration, but there's a ton of it in the scriptures that we, that we read. It's a remarkable thing, Amen. And so when people minimize the Bible and people say things like, oh, it's really not the inerrant word of God or the inspired word of God, I'm like, baloney, right? Sometimes I'll say something stronger like bullcrap, right? I mean, it's, it's remarkable to me that people will say things like that. Listen to what the, John, the, the, the book of John says. And, uh, John wrote uh, in John 1, one of Jesus' disciples, is one of his inner three, he said, uh, starting in verse uh, 1 in, in chapter 1, says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, or in the beginning was word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were, say it with me, made, right. Without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This was not John that wrote the scriptures here, but John the Baptist. He was a precursor. He was written about in the Old Testament as coming and making the path of the Messiah straight. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might, what? Believe, exactly. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, and he, he was in the world, and through the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. I'm sorry, and though the world was made through him, the, word, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. In other words, he came to his own hometown. His hometown was like, that's a carpenter's son. We don't need to listen to that guy, right? Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave, he gave the right to become children of God. Listen to this. I love this. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision. In other words, that's my ancestry. I remember a lot of the Jews at the time would say, Abraham's our ancestor, so we're in, right? Or nor of human decision, like, I want to have a baby, right? Or of a husband's will, I need to keep my legacy going, right? But born of, of God. It's a totally different, it's a spiritual uh, inheritance that we have. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's Jesus, right? So Jesus is the Word. The, the Word is God. So Jesus is God. I mean, you got to kind of be thinking about that. In fact, Jesus later said that I and the Father are one. You see Him, you see, you see me. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of, say this, these two words with me, grace, 
That's your name. And truth. Anybody named truth? When, when some dude comes in here named truth, one day I'm going to marry you guys. Okay, I'm just saying. You guys are going to have a wedding right here. Anybody named truth in the house? I need grace. She, grace is like, I am mortified. I'm going to kill you later, right? <laughs> hey, I used to do it to Kyle and Michaela all the time, all right? <laughs> I love it. Man, our youth ministry is going to be a, a bomb diggity, man. But here's the thing, and, and here's, what, here's where I'm, uh, uh, I had a friend of mine. Actually, what do you call your son-in-law's dad? Like, who is that to me? My homie-in-law? I don't know. Is that? No. Well, anyway, so we're, we're, we're talking this week. He came and visited last weekend, and here's to, he's talking. And he's, man, really starting to come into his own in his relationship. And I love this, man, because he started talking about things like, man, I, I grew up like strict, 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 strict. And now, man, I'm, I'm all about grace, 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 grace. But, but I'm, I'm careful because I'm reading the scriptures going, man, it doesn't, some of that stuff doesn't sound like grace, right? And so, but this, here's the thing, and I love this because I was able to show him that particular passage. And, and so on this side, you've got like truth and, and and if you're extreme truth and all truth and nothing like 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 you got people like westboro baptists who are like god hates you right i mean like and they'll use all the scriptures to make their point across and come across as as hate then you got on this side you got all grace like you got the unitarian universalist that man it don't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere and a good person right you'll get to go to heaven you can be hindu it's cool right and so jesus doesn't say any of those he comes full of grace and truth yes there's the truth of the scriptures that jesus is the one and only way to heaven and there are things outlined in the scriptures but there's also grace and there's a beautiful wonderful combination of those things that the son of man came into the world as amen there's a there's a balance here right so we've got to be careful not to go all the way this side because some of us do we're like man we just gotta we just gotta read the word and it's all we got to do and some people are like oh no no you just got to be a good person and that kind of thing it's like you got to read the word be a good person and go forward as a disciple of Jesus. Amen? It's pretty wild stuff. And see, currently what I'm talking about, and the reason I set that up a little bit, is there are two churches and ministries coming into town that have already come here, and I've reached out to the pastors. Man, I hope I get to be able to meet with them this week. And it sounds like they're Bible-thumping Jesus freaks like us. Hallelujah. That's great. That's awesome. See, what's happening is there's spiritual, I've been telling you, man, spiritual revival is coming to our city. And the reason that churches and ministries can feel like they can plant in here and be of service and, and those kinds of things, folks that we can link arms with and partner with and do things with. Man, I'm so glad these folks are coming into town because for, for, for a long time, if you know anything about this town, it's been spiritually dry for a long time, but there's a thirst now coming. Oh, man, it's coming, and it's so awesome. It's so wonderful, and it's great. See, we, have, we are celebrating. If you guys didn't get your birthday cake, make sure you get a piece on the way out. We're celebrating two years today being here in, in, New, in, in Edgerton. Amen? I mean, I love this. Now, we have we've been at, being in, in Shawnee for five years today, so we kind of started on the same day. It's kind of wild. But, but, so we're celebrating that. So overall, as a church, we're five years old, two years old in our campus here. And I love the fact, guys, that God has used us tremendously, and I love the fact that there are people coming into town that, that we, we should be able to link arms with. I'm going to meet with the pastors this week, pray for those meetings, pray for the, that I get to, get to find out and see what's going on with the churches, because one of them is more of a mission type of a church. They're going to do after-school programs. Guys, and we have a discipleship process that declares missions. And I'm like, man, we've been looking for things like that to do for people. We just didn't have the, you know, didn't have the mechanism. I'm like, yes, we got one. It's awesome. 
It's great. We had another church, and that church is a Nazarene church. We've got a Pentecostal church coming in. Guys, there's going to be some, some worshiping going on, man. I love it. I love it. Jeremiah 29, I was reading that this week. And this is about the, this is about the churches that were, uh, or the, 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 the Israelites that were basically uh, exiled to Babylon. And they had just essentially gotten to Babylon. And they were going to be in Babylon for about 70 years. See, Jeremiah 29 one of the famous passages that I know the plans I have for you, right? Well, people forget that there's about 70 more years of exile for the Israelites coming. And, and, and the prophet Jeremiah writes this letter to the Israelites. And this is what it says. This is the text of the letter, starting in verse 1, that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests. The prophets and the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King, somebody help me, Jehoiachin, I'll take it. Jehoiachin and the queen mother, the, the court officials and the leaders of Judah, Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, help me out, correct me if I'm wrong, and to Gamaria, son of Hilkiah, you guys try this, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Whew, it said, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Listen, man. Now, we're not in Babylon, and we're not necessarily Israelites. Some of us may be Jewish. I'm not really sure about some of the backgrounds. But the things that God, the character of God, the principles of God are here and very clear. He says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. He didn't tell them when he sent them into exile, hey, don't have anything to do with them. Just wait it out. Just stand firm. Isolate yourself. No, he said become part of this city. It's amazing. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek, listen, man, I love this because this is our heartbeat as well. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which you have carried, to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Wow, right? Like, so we've got to be praying for Edgerton, we've got to be praying for Gardner. We've got to be praying for Baldwin City and Eudora and Ottawa and Olathe, all the different, Osawatomie, all the different towns of people that are represented in this room today. We've got to be praying for those cities and doing whatever we can to make sure the cities prosper. Not so that we can get rich, but so that the kingdom of God will prosper. Amen? I love this, man. This is what we do. This, like whenever we are discipling people, it is with a mindset of going and helping other people learn what it means to obey, declaring missions and going and doing those things. I love that. It is amazing. See, here's the thing that he says, and he starts saying those kinds of things, but then he starts to give a warning. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name i have not sent them declares the lord and it's interesting that he says that because a lot of times again this is the full of grace and truth you got truth right don't listen to those people 
right? And pray for the prosperity. There's this common thing, this common balance that God continues to have in his word of grace and truth. Amen? And so he says, hey, do what you can to make sure the, the city prospers. But don't listen to the people that are lying to you, right? So we always must be on alert for false teaching and preaching. And matter of fact, I've told you this before. If any of you see, to, like if I preach anything falsely or teach anything falsely, you have absolutely every right to come to me and say, that was wrong. But you've got to show me biblically, not because of a tradition or an upbringing or anything like that. I've had people do that. though. Well, I think because I was brought up this way. I'm like, I know, but here's what the word says, and this is why I preach that. Oh, okay. So, but if you show me in the word that this is wrong because, and this is what the word says, I'll listen to it all day. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I would rather face God later and have him tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant, than, ha- than ha- have him go, what the heck were you teaching that for? You know? Seriously, I mean, because I've got an answer for that. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon. So he's telling them, you got 70 years here to get this, get this figured out. I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Not, not all your knowledge, not all your mind. That's important. We're to, we're to love the Lord with everything we have, our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. But he said, when you, have it with, when you seek me with all your heart, when it's a sincere seeking, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Wow, is that not awesome? Declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. See, some of us are in are feeling like we're in exile in our personal lives or where we are. Like I, I, I don't think Carl. I think Carl is here in this. Carl out of town this week. She'll be here second service. Carla Long, if you guys don't know Carla Long, this, this passage reminds me so much of her, who left a great job in Colorado and, and comes to Edgerton to take care of a special needs nephew and, and gives up a whole lot of stuff. And, and there's got to be times when she's going, God, really? Like I had it made, right? I had everything. I had all the stuff. Now uh, it's, it's a struggle financially and personally guys I, I love the fact that there are people in our church that are gonna that are looking to step up and start a whole new mission uh, a whole new mission field of taking care of families that take care of special needs children that's actually started i have one of the folks that are going through discipling right now saying this is where we feel our our heart and our minds are taking us that we need to take care of families that are taking care of special needs children that's amazing isn't it that doesn't come from New City Church organizationally. That comes from a, a group of people that are learning to obey Jesus and say, we need to help people do this. That's awesome. And so we'll do whatever we can to support any of those missions that, that, like that that, that happen. Because there are a lot of like, programs for special needs children. I don't know of a lot of programs for the folks that actually help special needs children, that are those that are day-to-day engaged in helping and supporting and raising special needs Kids, I don't know of any of them, man, but I love the fact that we're 
going to be do that because that's where God is taking us. That's where God's taking this, this group. And so just because God sends people out and sends people away, man does not mean that his kingdom is falling apart. Yes, we miss people as they go, right? Like these are, I'm sure that there were people that were in exile that like missed their hometowns and that kind of thing. But God said, I know the plans I have for you. Amen. Some of you guys know one of my, my buddies. Uh, he's, he's preached here at this church for a few times. Um, his name is Chris Moix. I call him Mo9, right? M-O-I-X. Uh, he's one of our elders, and he is the guy that actually started Brown to Green as a, as a, a system of, of discipling people. Um, Chris, about three months ago, Chris and I are on the executive board of the Kansas City, Kansas Baptist Association. That sounds like a mouthful. It's, it also sounds important. I'm trying to figure out, like, why did they ask me? Because they're trying to, like, I'm not really like, a, like an executive guy, you know. But, but, they, but they asked Chris and I because we were church planters, and they wanted a church planting field. That's why we support the KCKBA. They, are, they have a heartbeat for planting more churches as well. And about three months ago, we were in this meeting, and Chris and I, uh, were, there was a, another pastor that came from a huge church over on Metcalf named Emmanuel, and uh, he's the executive pastor there, and he says, guys, I got something crazy to tell you. My, I, I, I'm, I'm moving to Oklahoma, and I don't want to go. I'm like, all right, then don't go. You know, you go well, the, here's the thing. God has called me to start a, a new church in Oklahoma. And so we're going, oh, he goes, and I don't want to go, but I'm not the boss. God is, so I'm going. And this, is, and this is what he said. I'm like, all right, sure. And we were joking. We're like, fine, Lee, we don't care. We don't want you here, right? But after that, Chris says, man, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, sure. Yeah, man. Holler at me. Let's go. So we went over to Go Chicken Go. You guys ever been to Go Chicken Go? Best freaking gizzards in town, boy, I tell you. Whoo, man, come on. So we go over to Go Chicken Go. He ain't never been, man, so he's now saved. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So we go to Go Chicken Go, and we sit there, and we, we're eating these gizzards, right? And he goes, man, these are great. And I said, man, what's going on? And he said, this is the weirdest thing, but I think God just spoke to me through that guy. I'm like, all right, what's happening? And he said, well, uh, he had discipled a pastor in, from Overland Park. His name is Jimmy Holbrook. Jimmy Holbrook has now got the discipling bug, and so he's starting to bring that culture, that brown-to-green culture at his church. See, this is starting to spread to people. People are starting to call going, could you tell us what this is all about? And so, and I love that, but I, but I also don't want it to be like a big, you know, big weird like thing where we're trying to sell, you know, I mean, it's just not one of those things. But, but we do want it to be something where we can bless people and help people know, I mean, know what it means to disciple other people, Amen. And so this church is starting to have this culture in Overland Park. He used to be a, a, a pastor like six years ago at this church in Hera, Oklahoma. It's called Hera Church in Hera, Oklahoma. And he still is kind of like one of their lead consultants. He has a conference call with them about once a week, that kind of thing. And they are struggling to do something. Like they're dwindling and people are getting upset and that kind of thing. And there's all kinds of things going on, turmoil or whatever. And, and Jimmy said to this church in Hera, have you started discipling people yet? And if you haven't, let me help you do that. And they said, do you know anybody that could come here and be a pastor and help us do that? He goes, not really, but I know this guy, Chris Moix, you might want to talk to. They call Chris Moix. And they first think, can you come be our pastor? He's like, no. <laughs> you know? No, I'm a pastor here, right? I'm an elder here. 
And, and so for months, they kept calling him, like, like every couple of weeks or so. Hey, have you thought about that? Pray about, yes, no, I'm not coming, you know. And, and I'm sure he was a lot nicer than that. But, he started, but he's asking people about that, and, he's, and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're talking to him about that, continually talking to him about it. And he comes to me, and he says, man, dude, I think God might be talking to me about this. I'm like, let's sit down and, and grab the, the best gizzards in the world, and let's talk about it. And so the, the, we sat for a couple hours, right, trying to digest those. Those are hard to digest. <laughs> they're great. Oh, but baby. <laughs> Be ready, I'm just telling you. And so we're talking about those things, and he says, man, I don't want to go, but I think God is telling me I might need to go. I need to pray through this and pray through that. And the more he prayed about it, the more God said, this is where I need you. He used his family. His family would get up in the morning and say things like, I think God's going to do something crazy with our lives, like we're moving or something. Like his kid, before they even knew anything, his kid's like, oh, man, come on, God, Really? But here's the thing, that that, that church, what, what Chris has done here is helped us build a, a, a tremendous discipleship culture that that church is now begging for us to help them with that, and we're going to help them do that. So Chris is going to be uh, uh, selling his house here, and he actually lives in Shawnee. He's going to be going to Harrow, Oklahoma, a place where he may or may not necessarily want to personally go from his flesh, but God has sent him there. Now, let me tell you a couple of stories about that. Like, there's some crazy stories. You know Chris's wife had, had stage four cervical cancer, right? You guys knew that. This is, this is a beautiful story. And she went through all the kind of the treatments and everything like that. And so, the, the, so we got all that rolling. He's got to be thinking about that. It's, oh, man, you know, do we need to be moving when she's going through treatment and all this kind of stuff? And, and so, so in the meantime... Chris and I meet, and he says, Casey, I want you to take over, like, the discipleship piece of New City Church and, 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 and lead that, because he and I did this a lot here together. How many, um, Helen and Leota, and if you guys know Richard and Nancy, those are all part of Chris and I's discipleship group. We let's declare a mission to start this church, and so... When he said that, I'm like, all right, you know, we've already been talking about me doing some different things and like a, expanding a role a little bit in New City. So I will continue to be the campus, the pastor here. Don't, that, so essentially nothing will change for anything here, but people are going to have to get used to me in Shawnee a little bit, you know? Amen. And so when he said that, I'm like, oh, that's, that's freaking uh, an honor. Before Pete knew anything of this, Pete comes to me and says, I think God's leading me to be the discipleship pastor in Edgerton right? Like, come on, man. Come on, God. You're lining this up. This is ridiculous, right? And so he says, uh, you know, I, I really feel strongly, and I'm trying not to laugh and cry at the same time, like out of disbelief when he tells me that. And he said, I just need to, I feel like God's telling me I need to lead this. I need to lead this. And so he tells, you know, Pete tells me that. Chris is telling me that. And so we're, we're meeting together, meeting together, and finally, last week, Chris tells us at a staff meeting, this is what God is doing. And he tells us one thing after another, after another, after another, about the fact that he doesn't necessarily personally want to go, but God's called him to a place to go do this. So what we're going to do is, is essentially have that as a brown to green discipleship church. It's going to be a, essentially the first discipleship plant 
and we're going to send him and support him financially and do all those kinds of things. I told you, we're going to give $100,000 away between the two campuses next year, man. It's just one way we're going to do it. Amen? Here's the kicker. He said the only, and he's telling us this in the middle of the, the staff meeting last week. He says the only thing that's going to hold me back, the only thing that's going to say, man, uh, I, you know, that's going to be the, the only red light is if we get, we have one final test result that's supposed to come in. And if we hear that there's still cancer, we got to rethink this. And I kid you not, his phone goes, bzz, 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 right? Picks it up and it's Rachel, no cancer. Come on, right? Come on, man. Come on. Man, so here's what we're going to do. And, and this is, some of you may feel, you know, you, you've gone through some of the discipleship and that kind of thing. We are going to help in Hera. Like, uh, he's going to, like, Chris is going to come up every, you know, maybe a, a couple times a year or so and help, you know, like, like, teach us what's going on there. We're going to send people there to teach them. It's just going to be a, a great, wonderful relationship because there's no animosity. Like, a lot of times people are like, I'm going to go to another church or whatever. I'm going to get another job and everything. It's like, no, I don't want to go, but God's calling me because he's called us to disciple and help the church, global Big C Church, know what it means to make disciples. Amen? And I love that. I can't believe it. Chris started New City Church. Now he's going to go start Brown to Green at uh, another church and help them to understand what it means to truly be the, the church. And I love it. And there's more churches that are going to ask, and there are more churches that are continuing to ask because they're like, we're struggling, right? But we're not struggling because of our programs. We're struggling because we haven't been discipling, and we need to know what that means. Father, we love you. And we are amazed and we pray for Hera Church in Hera, Oklahoma. We pray, Lord, that, um, man, you, you prepare the way. Prepare their hearts. Prepare their minds. Prepare, Lord. You, God, go before Chris ever steps foot in Oklahoma and consume that area with your presence as you have done here in Edgerton. The parallels, God, between Edgerton and Hera are remarkable. Hera is a small town of a few thousand people, 20 minutes outside of a metropolitan city. Edgerton is a small town of a, not even 2,000 people, 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how you look at it, outside of a metropolitan city. You have done amazing things at this church, Lord, through your presence and you're leading, and I pray that you do the same with Chris and in Hera. And as, Lord, we ask and we ask and we ask for your kingdom to come, it's coming. Both here in Edgerton and in Hera and in Overland Park and in Shawnee and in Olathe and in Baldwin and Dora and Ottawa and Osawatomie. And you name it, Spring Hill. God, we pray that you just bless and consume us with your Holy Spirit. It is in your Son's amazing and awesome and beautiful and incredible and impossible name. All God's people in the house said...